Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com. I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland. Joined as always. Wait, no, not joined as always. This time I am joined by a special guest host. I am joined by the owner operator of MMA-Manifesto.com, Jeff Fox. MMA Manifesto is actually the first place where I got my start in the MMA field. So you guys are going to get to hear the first boss I ever had as far as MMA, and I breakdown UFC 246 with our fights dogs and parlay segment plus we got other great content as well I'm going to be talking to Drew Dober at the top of the show about his upcoming fight with Nasrat Hakparast and a really really truly funny story about how his mom grounded him after one of his fights but before we get to any of that great content I'm going to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Lambs Visit GetLambs.com to check out their innovative line of radiation-proof clothing. Look, there's tons of studies out there that show radiation can lead to all kinds of bad things inside your body, like low testosterone levels, it could affect your reproductive cells, and all kinds of other things. And look, it comes from all kinds of places in our lives now because technology isn't going away, it's only getting bigger. So why not protect yourself with lambs? They've got a beanie and underwear that can protect your noggin and your downstairs. I personally wear their underwear all the time, not only because of its product or protective qualities, but because it is legitimately the comfiest underwear that I've ever put on. And if you want some of this comfy underwear, you can go right now to GetLambs.com. Make sure to use promo code MMA, and you're going to get a special little discount on the Top Turtle folks, so make sure you check that out. And while you're at it, you can check out their whole line, which is soon going to be expanding to both women's underwear and apparel at GetLambs.com. You can also stay up to date on all those developments at GetLambs across their social media platforms, which includes Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. GetLambs brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. This is Daniel Gumby Freeland with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Drew Dober, who fights Nasrat Hakparast at UFC 246 on January 18th. So, Drew, I want to go take a quick look back at your career right now, because you've been a pro for over a decade. You had Amy fights before that, you know, nine of them. How do you look back at the last 10 years and all that you've accomplished? Um... I love it. Like each each fight is my own little Rocky story, and uh, you know each fight is like a little baby that I like showing off and talking about. Um, and uh, I just I love doing what I do. And so you know the more fights I have in my legacy, the more stories I have for my grandchildren. Um, it's just it's amazing. And, and you said that every single one of them is a little story for you. Do you have a favorite one? Looking back at, at all of the you know, and it's a it's a long list, but do you have a favorite one? Uh, man, I have favorite ones. I can't really choose a, a favorite one uh, in particular, but uh, you know, it all goes from like having my uh, having in my first fight in Strike Force at the age of eighteen. It was it was intense. Um, my last fight before getting signed by the UFC was absolutely intense. And uh, you know, there's you know not. All the stories are like you know first round wins. Uh, some are just drug out. At, you know, um, huge fights that I absolutely love. And so, I don't know, I couldn't really choose just a particular one. Makes sense to me. And, and you mentioned, you know, that fight when you were 18. Now, now, if I'm not mistaken, you took your first amateur fight when you were only 17 years old. How, how or why did you get into it that young? 
I can't run, jump, or get the ball. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just uh, growing up in Nebraska, I found uh, martial arts or kickboxing when I was, like, 12. And, um, you know, I just I was very fortunate in finding a gym that also had an MMA program. And that's where uh, guys like Jeremy Horn would pop in and cross-train at. So, you know, I saw these big, burly guys walking in their geese, and I'm like, oh, what are they doing? And I just joined in and that's when I became like this little 13 year old that was getting beat up by grown adults. And, and how did your parents feel through all of that? Cause, cause I have to imagine just sending your 13 year old to go train with people who punch people in the face for a living is not a lot of mothers or fathers first choice. <laughs> well, I, I uh, was raised by a single mother and she's absolutely nuts. And so <laughs> when she saw the passion in my eyes and uh, she came and watched and she's been supporting me since day one, uh, the first time I was ever grounded was because I snuck off into some sur- uh, suburb and fought without telling her. <laughs> so she's like, how'd you do? Good. And you're grounded. <laughs> it didn't last very long. But, yeah, she's just been super supportive of me since day one. What, was that an amateur fight that she grounded you for? <laughs> yep, it was. I was trying to get in, uh, get into an eight-man tournament. And uh, the other promoter's like, hey, you got to have two fights in our promotion uh, to be eligible. I'm like, well, I'm in wrestling season right now. When's your next promotion? He goes, this weekend. I was like, all right, I'll do it. So I went to high school. I did wrestling practice, and then I drove and fought that same night. That's absolutely awesome. And, and does she she still come to your fights all the time? Uh, she does what she can. Um, you know, for this one, like I told her, you know, you can go ahead and stay home because Las Vegas is going to be nuts. It's going to be expensive, and it's just outrageous. But, uh uh, for my last couple fights, yeah, she was there, and uh, somehow she ends up cage side. <laughs> she she one of those people who just like sneaks down through all the seats, finds an empty one, or pushes through people. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, amateur, she did it. Professional, she did it. And I thought UFC was gonna be the one where she couldn't, and uh, I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> even the UFC can't stop a, an excited mother, huh? <laughs> Absolutely, but it's always great seeing her. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about this fight, too, because this is an exciting fight. Uh, you know, you recently showed off that you have really serious knockout power. When you when you went in there and knocked out Josh Bergman, I think it opened a lot of people's eyes. And Nazarat Hakparas recently did a very similar thing when he knocked out Silva. Is it sort of an exciting matchup in that way, or do you see this fight going a completely different way as far as uh, the style of it? Um, I mean, I, I know why Sean Shelby put this matchup together, you know, where, um, you know, you know, up there in like one of the biggest cards of, you know, 2020 and we're both strikers that, you know, are putting everything on the line. Like he comes in with youth and energy and then from watching his fights, I mean, he's very enthusiastic about getting that finish and I'm extremely similar. So this fight is either going to be fight of the night or performance of the night. That's a bold claim too, because there are a lot of exciting fights on this card too, especially with the main event. And you, you know, you sort of mentioned it being crazy there. How are you preparing for all of the craziness that's going to be in Vegas, or, or are you just looking forward to sort of being the one to fly under the radar until you're in the cage? I get to be a fan in one of the largest, you know, pay-per-views in 2020. I, you know, I have a job to do, but, uh, you know, I'm extremely passionate at the job I do. So not only do I get to compete against the best in the world on the largest stage in the world, but I also get to watch all the shenanigans in the back room <laughs> and the backstage. And I was actually just looking at, they just announced the media on media, uh, 
the conference on Wednesday, and I was like, I might just show up to that, just hang out and watch <laughs> like everyone else. I just the, the entire week and weekend is just excites me, and I'm like, it's just going to be fun to partake and fun to watch. Absolutely, and, and you know, you sound like you're really excited for this fight between Cowboy and Connor. So I'll, I'll have to ask you: Do you have a prediction for that fight? Do you see a, a way it's going to go? Ah, man, man, I, I'm a huge fan of Cowboy. I'm a huge fan of Cowboy. But unfortunately, if I was a bet man, I'd put my money on Connor. Yeah, it, it, it's. A, I'm kind of with you on that one, and we'll be talking about it a little bit later on on this podcast about which one. Uh, we see fit in, in picking for betting. But yeah, if I was a betting man, I'd probably bet Connor too. Now, I, I'm going to ask you a quick question about yourself. You know, Do you look at the odds when you're, you're going into fights? Because you know you said if you were a betting man, obviously that means you're not. Do you look at your <laughs> odds going into this fight? Because you are a, a pretty sizable underdog against Nasra. Oh, no, I mean, I, I could imagine because, uh, you know, betting odds and even the ranking system is just a popularity contest. And Nasra's bringing in a lot of... Uh, you know, eyes from other countries. And so, yeah, of course, it doesn't shock me at all, and it doesn't bother me any because, like I said, it's just, you know, somebody's opinion on, like, oh, well, he's the favorite and he's the underdog because he carries this many followers on Instagram. Yeah, that certainly makes sense to me. So I got to ask you right before I let you go here, do you have a prediction for your fight? How do you see this one ending if you can uh, dial it up? It's definitely going to end in a knockout or TKO. I, I could see in the later rounds, so second or third. All right, you heard it here first, folks. That was Drew Dober, who fights Nasrat Hakfarast at UFC 246 on January 18th. Drew, thanks so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, man. And that interview with Drew Dober is brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E, Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. If you go to wherever it is you download apps and you download Maroon Social, here's what you can do with the app. First of all, you can set up a profile that says who you are, where you like to train, what martial art you like to train and they've got 35 plus different ones on the app so no matter whether you trade judo sambo kickboxing boxing they got you covered and then from there you can log your training sessions this is really cool because it allows you to take notes make notes and it allows you to help track things like am i training enough am i training more than i did last week more than i did the month before things like that and it tells you what techniques you're training over and over again. So maybe you're thinking, oh, well, you know, I could really use more work on my triangle. I don't think I've been doing it enough. Boom, you look back in the app, you've been training your triangle all the time. You just suck at it. So whatever it is that you need, Maroon Social is going to help you make that goal. So make sure to head on over to wherever it is you get apps and download it, that app today. Now I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland, joined this time by Jeff Fox from the MMA Manifesto. Jeff, let's start by talking about just parents in MMA. What's your favorite parent in MMA story? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's kind of hard because a lot of the times with the moms, um, you hear that they're too nervous to even watch the fight. So there's there isn't a whole lot of moms that that are, are prominent in the sport. But one that does stand out is definitely Benson Henderson's mom, um, little four foot nine Korean woman. But she <laughs> sure can she sure can make a lot of noise uh, yeah. in the crowd. Yeah, she's got some pipes on her. Now, I will also throw in, well, you know, Benson Henderson's mom is a great pick. You know, and obviously we just had Drew Dober on. Drew Dober's mom is, is obviously in the legend status now. 
I had an interview one time with Penny Keonzad, who said her mom just yells random shit all the time. She's like a mad Iranian woman who gets real upset at the fights all the time. One time she got up at during a fight and is like shaking the cage. It was like a regional level fight, so it's not like Invicta or anything like that. But she was like shaking the cage angrily at the girl who was beating her up. Yes, I remember that interview. Yes. It, yeah, wild, wild stuff. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of a lot of times, like I said, a lot of times you you hear that the parents can't even watch can't even watch the fights. They're so nervous. So it's either one or the other, it seems. Well, I, extremes. Well, I will tell you whose parents love to watch fights, and that is Conor McGregor's parents. They come out absolutely decked out, and we're, of course, going to be talking about that fight as part of our Fights, Dogs, and Parlays section, which we are starting right now. So for our Fights, Dogs, and Parlays section, for those of you who do not know, we like to break down three of our favorite fights on the card, as well as one underdog that you might consider playing. And actually, me and Jeff are both going to give you an underdog today, so you're going to get two for the price of one. And then we're going to give you both a parlay that we're interested in playing. So again, you're going to get two for one on your normal uh, your normal podcasting, listening. Not that this podcast costs you anything, but your podcast listening experience is a little bit better today. So as I said before, UFC 246 is headlined by Conor McGregor versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. So Conor McGregor, obviously, we've had the huge layoff, right? Conor McGregor has not been fighting as of late, yet he comes into this fight as a massive favorite. On some sports books, I'm seeing him as high as negative 310 as a favorite, which is absolutely crazy to me. He's fighting Cowboy Cerrone, who has obviously been far more active than, than Conor McGregor. But he is coming off back-to-back losses against Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje, which are certainly not fights that you should be real upset losing in. He's betting off at plus 255 as an underdog. Who you got, Jeff? First off, I'm not betting this fight. There's there's just too many too many question marks uh, for both guys going in. Um, as for the actual winner, I, I'm leaning towards McGregor. Uh, I think, although I love... Cerrone, uh, WEC, never die. Um, he, I, I think he's way too shopworn at this point, and Connor's got too much power. I think he, he's more than likely Connor's going to put him out early. Yeah, my, my biggest concern when I was breaking down this fight or thinking about this fight, which I've been thinking about for a while, right? We haven't had UFC in forever. But my biggest problem with this fight is the fact that Cowboy Cerrone just starts so slow, right? Like, is there any chance he comes out and survives a Conor McGregor onslaught early? Maybe. Yeah, no. But I, I don't see it, right? No, yeah, they're they're total opposite that way. McGregor's going to – McGregor comes flying out the gates, and Cerrone's way too laid back to, to start off fights. Yeah, that, that's the bad, bad um, – that's a bad combination for him there. Now, I will say, too, one of the interesting parts of this matchup is the grappling, right? Like, obviously, if Cerrone can get Conor McGregor to the ground – we could see him with a real advantage there, but I, I don't know about you. I, I just don't see, even late in the fight, him being able to wrestle at all. More than likely not, and and Connor's already planting the seed in his head, uh, daring him not to, um, playing his mind games. Um, uh, so a lot of times, Cerrone's takedowns aren't really takedowns. It's him, it's him battering the guy and knocking the guy down and then finishing the fight on the ground. Um, and he's nowhere near the wrestler of the 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 last guy McGregor fought, who's who's Habib. So he he if he's smart, he, he's going to try to take him down. But Cerrone doesn't always fight smart. That's why we all love him. Yeah, that that is why we all love him. And I will also say too, you know, you mentioned those those knockdowns. 
to me, those knockdowns are mostly all head kicks, right? Like you're thinking about the Alexander Hernandez one, that's a head kick. The Matt Brown one, that's a head kick. Have you ever seen Conor McGregor hit or stunned by a head kick? I, I can't think of any of those instances. So, yeah, I'm going with Conor uh, with the early finish, too. But I, I do sort of trust your advice on that one. Probably not betting it. Negative 310 is a pretty lofty number. And I'll tell you a fight that doesn't have lofty numbers, and that is Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington. Holly Holm is only betting off at a negative 135 favorite, but that could be because of her recent results. She's coming off of a loss to Amanda Nunes by TKO back at UFC 239. Before that, she had a decision victory over Megan Anderson, who has not been super impressive. And then she's got a decision loss to Chris Cyborg before that. Now, we got Raquel Pennington coming back at about plus 115, so a slight underdog. You got her winning a split decision over Irene Aldana back in July of 2019. Before that, she lost to Jermaine Durandamy, and she lost by TKO to Amanda Nunes. Again, no shame in either of those two losses, but both women are 2-1 in in their last three. Who you got in this one? I gotta go with the ultimate gatekeeper, Holly Holm. (laughs) Um, She she honestly, if it's it's not for a title at this point, you you pretty much have to to bet on Holly Holm. yeah, the odds are, are pretty crazy if you ask me. She's already beaten Pennington in the past, um, and she really she does not lose unless it's uh, to one of the the elites of of whatever division she she's choosing to fight in at that, at that time. The only question mark is, is whether or not her chin is shot. But that that was basically Noon's Noon's cracks everyone, um, puts everyone to sleep. So the fact that that was her only. KO or TKO loss ever in uh, in MMA. Um, I, I think she's going to bounce back fine. And Pennington's not a hard hitter anyhow. So I, I say jump all over this. Uh, minus 135 is crazy. Crazy odds for home. Absolutely. And I think you're going to hear about it a little bit later on our show as well because I've got it bookmarked as a fight uh, that we're going to talk about when we talk about odds a little bit. The, the big thing for me in this one too is that Pennington likes to fight in like a short range. And when you're watching her against Holly Holm, I, I just can't imagine her getting on the inside of Holly Holm, right? Like, who has done that? Who has ever worked their way into, you know, like, a grappling range with Holly Holm? Like, Misha Tate, but only late in the fight, and, and even then, you know, just once or twice, maybe. So, yeah, I, I don't like her chances to get there. I think it's Holly Holm all day. Here's my question for you. Do you think she finishes Raquel Pennington, though? Mm, I doubt it, Holm basically doesn't finish anyone so um i i see this i see this being a three round probably fairly boring uh uh striking battle uh if you want to call it a battle but yeah i see uh home winning it yeah i kind of agree with you on that one although i will mention she did knock out betch Kohea, everybody's favorite number one pay-per-view buying betch Kohea. so uh worth noting but probably not worth noting uh and that brings us to our third fight in our fights dogs and parlay section where we're going to talk about Anthony Showtime Pettis versus Carlos Diego Fajeda. So Carlos Diego Fajeda actually betting off at negative 250 as a favorite. And that's largely in part because of his five-fight win streak. He's coming off back-to-back decision wins over Maribek Tysimov and Rustam Habilov. Before that, he TKO'd Kyle Nelson, TKO'd Jared Gordon, and decisioned Olivier Aubon Mercier. And then we got Anthony Pettis, who's coming back at plus 220, which is probably the highest he's been in quite some time. Although maybe the, the Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fight, he was worse. But uh, he's coming off a loss to Nate Diaz by decision. He's obviously got that crazy KO of Wonderboy before that. And then he had the corner stoppage loss to Tony Ferguson when his hand was all messed up. So he's 1-2 in his last three versus a guy with a five-fight winning streak. Who do you like here? 
I'm going with Fortis MMA CDF um, in this one. Um, he he showed his his last fight that he can uh, tice him off, uh, puts people to sleep, and he uh, he was able to to survive three rounds with that guy. I, so I don't think Pettis is going to uh, going to knock him out. Even though you know Pettis knocks people out, it, it's not a wouldn't be a shock. Um, but I, I definitely see uh, him getting probably a, a decision victory here. But the odds are pretty pretty steep this is another one i'm probably gonna steer clear of yeah i i actually am thinking about steering clear of it but it, it is enticing to me just because i think fajeda first of all is much physically stronger and if he needed to wrestle pettis he could do it right like we've seen the yep. the wrestling game against pettis work to a t all the time he does seem to like his striking more and more lately but he's also the type of guy who moves forward a lot and pettis is a guy you know he gets on his bike and backpedals pretty much all the time so yeah i, I like Fajeda in this fight I think he probably gets Pettis out of there too how about you very well could happen yeah Pettis has got a lot of miles on those wheels of his and I don't like the way he's been bouncing around weight classes too it's uh I I don't know how how that's going to affect him and affect his body he was well within the past three years he's gone what three different weight classes so yeah. it's uh, he, he's gone from featherweight now he's up in what uh he went to welch weight now he's back to lightweight I, I i really don't know i think uh his best days definitely are, are behind him and uh, yeah uh, he very well could could take him out it's true i i do want to go on record saying i freaking hate featherweight anthony pettis i think that was the oh, dumbest God. idea ever <laughs> that was yeah he, he was like a bone soldier there man him and uh connor were, were like inches away from death it looked like when they were uh, cutting all that weight back back then they did not look nice but but one of the things i will say about connor though is that i, I don't think any of us realized how crazy he looked at the time because we had never seen him healthy right like we had never seen him we'd never seen 55 connor we had never seen 70 connor so we were looking at 45 right. connor and he looked you know he was crazy thin when you look at those pictures he looks like skeletor yep. or some shit like that but like pettis we had already seen what he looks like healthy and then we're like, oh, no. It was like the Jose Aldo thing all over again. <laughs> no doubt. Yes. Yeah, but you don't want to see that again. I, and that that takes it takes its toll on the body, too. It, it can't be uh, – you, you can't just be bouncing around all the weight class, especially he's getting up there in age, too. So I – that's you know that's not a huge factor in this in this fight i i think he's going to lose regardless but that's something to think about for sure absolutely now that's going to take us to our underdog portion of fights dogs and parlay so i'm going to cede to the guest today who's the underdog you like best on this fight card on the fight card i'm probably gonna go there's not a whole lot of dogs that, that i'm i'm real big on um i'm gonna go sabina mazzo um against jj aldrich she's She's underdog in some places. More, it's more of a pick 'em fight, but I think she just outclasses uh, Aldrich at uh, on the feet or on the ground. So she is my dog. So I, I like Sabina Mazo too, but the only thing I will say that worries me a little bit about her is sometimes she falls in love with her counter striking. Um, and, and JJ Aldrich luckily is a super over aggressive person, and maybe that will work out for her. I do worry a little bit about that portion of it, but I'll give you my underdog. My underdog, I'm going with Alexi Olinick over Maurice, the crochet boss green. He's betting off at plus 115, so he's only a barely underdog, too. And, and like you said, I don't love a lot of underdogs on this card, but I'm taking Alexi Olinick. The dude has got crazy submission game, and not that Maurice Green doesn't have decent submission defense, but j just like the people he's submitted 
fit the Maurice Green profile to me, right? Like big, tall, less athletic looking heavyweights, right? He like submitted Victor right. Pesta. He submitted, um, I'm trying to remember the other person he got with an Ezekiel choke, but he got a couple of people with Ezekiel chokes. Like Maurice Green seems to fit that bill. And in addition to that, I think he's got more power in his hands than Maurice Green. So I'm liking him as an underdog. I think he's a smart one to play. Let, let's switch it on over to parlays, though. Who do you got in a parlay here? All right, parlay. First one we mentioned earlier, Holly Holm. I like uh, I like her, and I'm matching her up with uh, a guy that you're big on, too. Maybe this, maybe we're going to have the same parlay. Alexa Kamur, um, put put those two together. He's um, – put them together, you get, like, twice your money. Um, Kamur's fighting uh, Justin Ledette, who's been, who's dropped two straights since he's moved to light heavyweight and uh, – got finished in his last fight. So I like those two together for twice your money, more than twice your money. I'm actually, so I, I, when you were saying somebody who I'm a big fan of, I almost thought you were going to say the same one as me. And I'll get to that in a second. But first I want to talk about Justin Ledeck because he has got the most confusing career in UFC history. The dude starts off three and zero at heavyweight gets ranked. He was ranked number 15 at heavyweight drops down to light heavyweight gets absolutely starched two in a row and decides to himself, Yes, light heavyweight is the right place. And he's up against another hyper-athletic light heavyweight. I think that's a great pick. Uh, but when you said somebody who I really like, I actually thought you were going to say this guy. I'm pairing Holly Holm with Sadiq Youssef over Andre Touchy-Feely. Again, you're going to get plus 205, which is a little bit over twice your money. Because both of them are betting off at negative 135 where I see him. I like Sadiq Youssef because I just see him as a guy... Uh, and I know a lot of people are high on him, so I, I sound almost like I'm late to the party here. But I have seen him since he was on the Contender Series as a guy that should be top 10, top 5 in his division within a year or two. He's hyper-athletic. He's very skilled in his game planning. And I just think Andre Feely, too, is like the right person for him to test that against. Because Feely falls in love with his wrestling, which I actually don't believe is all that great. And that's going to give Yusuf a chance to, first of all, wear him out and then just outclass him. So, uh, sounds like we both like Holly Holm in these ones. I, I like your pick of the, the young up-and-comer, the Stipe prodigy, but I myself are going to go with uh, with Sadiq Youssef. Now, before we wrap this up, because we are just about out of time, uh, do you have any other picks on the card or any other ones that you wanted to throw out there that maybe we didn't get to talk about? Let's see. Who else is on my short list here? Um, oh. How about O'Day Osborne, uh, minus 140? You uh, you like that one? I, I like O'Day Osborne. Here's the only thing, though, is that, like, we had Brian Keller on the show a couple of weeks ago, and actually we had O'Day Osborne on the show a couple of weeks ago, too. But Brian Keller seems to be in the right headspace for a while, and I think a lot of people are writing him off because of two straight losses, right? He lost to John Lineker. Can't get upset about losing to John Lineker. And then he lost to Montel Jackson, which I know a lot, not a lot of people know the name, but Montel Jackson's a fucking beast, so, like, yeah, back-to-back -back losses are somewhat scary. Back-to-back -back losses make your odds go down, get you a, a debuting fighter like Odie Osborne. But, yeah, I, I, I like Odie Osborne. If you gun to my head, I'm probably picking him. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm, like, a little bit weary to bet on him as a favorite. How about Askar Askarov against oh. Tim Elliott? That's one that's... I that's one I love. And, and that's a perfect example of a guy who's being bet down – because of his last result, too, right? Like, he drew right. against Brandon Moreno. Everybody's like, boo, draws, boo. Fucking guy drew the number five guy in the world. And the rankings committee, get this, the rankings committee puts him, what, 13th? They bet yeah. him 13th after tying the guy who's fifth. Like, 
man, like, I, I'm okay if you don't want to put him over the top of him because he hasn't had a UFC fight yet. But, like, come on, like, give the dude a little bit of respect. But, yeah, I like those picks as well. And uh, that's unfortunately going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast. We thank you, the fans, for tuning in each and every week. Couldn't do what we do without you guys. We also couldn't do what we do without the mothership, flowcombat.com. So make sure to head on over there for all all of your top turtle MMA needs and all of your MMA needs for that matter. We also want to thank our sponsors, Gitlams and Maroon Social. Make sure to check both of those fine companies out and make sure to check us out on Twitter at Top Turtle MMA. We got all kinds of cool things going on over there, including an autograph giveaway for this upcoming UFC 246 card. And until next week, I'm Daniel Gumby Greenland. He was Jeff Fox and we will see you next week.